and welcome to the first episode of Bruh is a Murder. I hope I didn't blow your eardrums out. If I did, I'm sorry. My name is Andre Matthews, and this is a true crime podcast. My true crime podcast. And my true crime podcast is going to be about the stories that are not told or heard enough. The stories of the less marginalized people in this country, be it Pac or queer, because time and time and time again, we are told that our lives simply do not matter, and neither do our deaths. They aren't covered, they aren't shown, and they aren't heard. Because we have a long history in this country of power and privilege outweighing truth and justice. Having money, fame, friends in high places, and little to no melanin in your skin are all factors that won't only give you the benefit of the doubt, but even the ability to wash your hands of the situation and never look back. Or, you'll just get a slap on the wrist. Like actor Robert Blake. He was acquitted of the murder of his 44-year-old wife, Bonnie Lee Bakley. Bonnie was shot by an unknown assailant outside of a restaurant after Robert went back into said restaurant to pick up his gun that he left on the table. Even after two people testified that Blake openly talked about wanting his wife dead and hiring someone to do it, his overpriced lawyers were able to paint him as a pathetic man who was in a loveless marriage and, you know, sometimes sent new pictures of other men. With his defense team and fans behind him, he was able to walk away scot-free. But later down the line, in a civil suit, he was ordered to pay $30 million to Bakley's children for causing their mother's death. There's also Isaac Turnbaugh, who got off due to double jeopardy. In 04, Turnbaugh was acquitted of killing his co-worker. Shortly after Turnbaugh was deemed not guilty, he called the police on himself to confess the murder. Despite the blatant admission of guilt, Turnbaugh was protected and is protected by the Fifth Amendment's double jeopardy clause. I mean, if they would have did their job right the first time, they would have fucking got him. These are just two high-profile cases, but the list can go on and on and on, and it's always upsetting and shitty. Jamil Moore. Jamil Moore. Jamil Moore. And I say his name three times so people don't forget him. Like, people forget people of color all the time. Because if you're a person of color, a sex worker, low-income, queer, or homeless, you're considered less dead. Your death will typically get shelved and not even given the time of day or needed attention for it to get solved. Jamil Moore unfortunately checked all these boxes, being black, low income, queer, and a sex worker with thoughts of homelessness, he fit the category of less dead perfectly. The possible perpetrator is a wealthy white man, a political activist and donor. So there's a real question of imbalance in this relationship because everything fucking points to it. July 27, 2017, West Hollywood, California. Jamil was found dead, overdosed on meth, naked on a mattress in a living room with male porn playing on a TV inside the apartment of Buck, 63. Police found sex toys, syringes, clear plastic bags with suspected methamphetamine in them on the floor rolled up next to him. Coroner's investigators found the following items in Buck's two-bedroom apartment. 24 syringes with brown residue, 5 glass pipes with white residue and burn marks, a plastic straw with possible white residue, 
clear plastic bag with white powdery residue and a clear plastic bag with a piece of crystal-like substance on it. So obviously, dude was fucking partying in that goddamn apartment in West Hollywood. Jamil had flown from Houston to Los Angeles the same day he died, according to investigators. His mother told LA Times that Buck bought the plane ticket for him and brought him to West Hollywood. Coroner's officials ruled Moore's death an accident, and initially, they didn't suspect shit. They were going to walk away and never look back. In August, Los Angeles County Sheriff's homicide detectives launched a new investigation after Moore's mother and his friends questioned if the drugs that killed him were self-administered or not. They weren't buying it, and thankfully, because they spoke up. The shit's fucked, and people need to speak up. No charges were yet to be filed yet. Anyway, let's talk about Buck. Buck is a 63-year-old white man and a well-known figure in the LGBT political circles. He has given more than $500,000 to a range of Democratic groups and candidates, including Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. He also donated to the mayor of Los Angeles, too. Along with Letitia Nixon, Moore's mother, people have been questioning whether Buck's ties to elected officials and differences in race and class influenced the investigation. Buck reportedly had a long relationship with drugs and paying gay black men to accompany him. So it's assumed that these two became acquainted through Jamil's escorting work. And side note, there's nothing wrong with escorting. It's the oldest profession in the book. As long as you're consenting and you're of age, go out, make that motherfucker money, he'll buy her. Thanks to Jamil's friends, texts and photos supporting their claims of Buck's lingering fetish and alleged search for insecure black man came to light. And with that in fact known, Jamil was right up his alley. A wayward young gay man with bouts of homelessness was an easy was easy prey for him. In August 2017, images of Jamil's journals with painful revelations about Buck's influence over him were published. The 26-year-old said he was pressured to do meth for the first time as soon as he met Buck in fear for his life. After, I mean, it's crazy. But before I read one of his journal entries, let's take a small break. That I'm breaking down Everybody knows I ain't faking now Everybody knows my heart's faking now Yeah, she hates me now I made mistakes, but now I don't ever want to be alone I don't really ever feel at home On my own, in the zone That's the only way I know Feeling low, about to blow back up Here I won't go. ever let the doubt creep in Gotta pop a couple more aspirin I don't think I'll ever let you in Easier to break it off, best friends I don't really understand myself I don't really understand, need help I don't want to be left on the shelf Couldn't even hear me if I yelled It's so cold I'm alone, I'm alright It's so cold outside I'm alone, I'm
break down I always feel like I could break now But I never let it take me to that place now I won't ever let my thoughts get away now I got better things to do, picking fate now I just wanna be the best, call me great now I don't know if I'm okay or insane now I remember better days on the playground Hoping I can find my way to Even when I'm feeling down, I fight Even when I don't know what is right I'ma pick a side and I'ma take pride I will decide my fate and I Will never let them tell me who I am If you try to shake me, I'll be damned Planet on the ground is where I stand Never give up, that was always the plan It's so cold yeah. outside I'm alone, I'm alright It's so cold outside I'm alone, I'm An excerpt from Jamil's journal. I'll become addicted to drugs, and the worst one at that. Ed Buck is the one to thank. He gave me my first injection of meth. It was very painful, but through all the troubles, I became addicted to the pain and the fetish. I just hope the end result isn't death. If it didn't hurt so bad, I killed myself. But I'll let Ed Buck do it for me now. Investigators interviewed a woman whose name was redacted, who said that Jamil told her that someone else whose name was redacted tied him up over a year ago and held him against his will at the residence in West Hollywood. The LA Times interviewed a man who said that he reported complaints about Buck that are similar to those that Jamil wrote in his journal to the Sheriff's Department in West Hollywood on July 4th. The man asked to be remain anonymous, but he did describe himself as an escort. Despite the overwhelming amount of evidence, Buck hasn't been arrested or labeled as a suspect in the case. Instead, he's accused the victim's family of the victim's family and reporters of assassinating his character and mudslinging and blah blah blah. Typical rich white dude outcry. Buck's attorney, Seymour Armster, says his client was a friend of Moore's who did nothing wrong, and that methamphetamine was self-administered. After reviewing the autopsy report, Armster said he maintains his position that Buck, quote-unquote, did not witness it being injected. You know, dude was just in his house with 24 syringes of meth, and he didn't see anything. I think it's time to bring the tragedy to a conclusion, Armster said. This was an accidental death. This was an unfortunate death, but that doesn't mean that we can make sparse accusations and spin something out of control. As of right now, all we have are these accusations. All we can do is look at the evidence given and speculate. The only way to end these accusations is properly investigating this case. Will the case continue to develop? Hopefully. Will more people come forward? Potential witnesses have been given some immunity from prosecution from other possible crimes in order to provide statements, so only time will tell. Jamila Moore died of an overdose. That is 
clearly, it's obvious, he died of an overdose. The real question is, who put the needle in his arm? Moore's mother has launched Justice for Jamil, an organization dedicated to bringing justice for her son and other men targeted by Buck. So if you know something, say something. Or if you want to check it out, look at the website. There's testimonials from his friends and family so you get to learn more about him. I'll say his name again, Jamil Moore. Know his story and pass it on. The stories of people of color and their deaths are hardly heard and never given enough attention. Thankfully, times are changing. And with this podcast, hopefully I can just give you a little view into their lives. Uh, the format will be changing. This was my first, you know, installment. And after this, the episode will get longer. I'll be doing like two or three per episode. I will leave the links to the songs and the show notes each episode. So like, review, and subscribe. Come back for more. Uh, check me out on Facebook and Twitter. Just look up Bruh is a Murder on both, actually. Because hashtag is a movement. Remember, stay safe out there, everyone, and please come back for more.